This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Current estimates of child abuse in America may be far from accurate, according to researchers. We'll have the story and possible solutions to the problem. The estimates that we've been basing our public policy on are based on this just dramatic underestimate of how serious a factor child maltreatment is in the life course of American children. Then, with people living longer, the old definition of retirement is out the window. Aging boomers are facing many social and legal challenges. So if you're engaged in innovation, the loss of this technical, skilled engineering workforce is a real loss of a national asset. Those two stories, and much more, are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack, right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. It's a disturbing story. Research that claims maltreatment of children is much more prevalent than previously thought. With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. We're talking with Professor Christopher Wildeman, an associate professor of sociology at Yale University, and he recently conducted this study of child abuse and neglect in America. So tell us exactly what your research was looking into. The primary goal of this research was to estimate what proportion of American children will experience a confirmed episode of maltreatment at any point between birth and age 18, and how this risk varied both by the sex of the child and also by their race and ethnicity. And tell us what you found in terms of the numbers, because they were startling. Yeah, they were sufficiently startling that we checked and rechecked the data compulsively to make sure we had the story right. So I think there are three really important things to keep in mind here. The first is that about 12.5% of American children will ever experience a confirmed maltreatment case. So that's about one in eight American children experiencing abuse or neglect that's so chronic or severe that Child Protective Services not only has the maltreatment come to their attention, but also has enough evidence to confirm that the maltreatment occurred. So that's finding number one. Finding number two is that the sex differences in this risk are relatively small, which was surprising to me. The third thing is that there are huge racial ethnic inequalities in the cumulative risk of ever having a confirmed maltreatment episode. So for African-American children, the cumulative risk is between 20 to 25 percent, roughly double what the risk is in the general population. For Native American children, the risk is about one in seven. Hispanic and white children both have cumulative risks in the sort of 10 to 12 percent range, depending on the year. And then Asian-American children have by far the lowest cumulative risks of confirmed maltreatment of about 4%, depending on the year. We've all heard of child abuse, but you're using the term maltreatment, which I think is a broader term, right? It is a broader term. Child abuse is about 20% of the cases we see in the data. So that's physical abuse, sexual abuse, or some sort of severe form of psychological or emotional abuse. The other 80% of the cases we see in these data are cases of neglect, which I think sometimes leads people to believe that they're less severe, but the neglect that you see in these data is quite serious. And so the sorts of things that would constitute neglect would be children being sort of chronically malnourished to the point that they're 
teacher noticed that they were malnourished or a neighbor noticing that a seven-year-old child had been left to raise his three-year-old and one-year-old siblings on his own for days at a time. So both the abuse we see in these data, but also the neglect we see in them are severe and are likely to have long-term negative repercussions for children. What are some of the potential long-term consequences for a child who is maltreated or abused? If you make a list of all the things that you wouldn't want to have happen to your kids, I think those are the things that we have pretty good evidence that child maltreatment leads to. Everything from early and risky sexual activity to high school dropout to poor labor market outcomes to mental health problems to severe physical conditions as a result of maltreatment. I mean, it really sort of runs the gamut. You mentioned the racial differences a moment ago. Any thoughts about that in terms of is that caused by possibly poverty or educational issues? What is it? My impression, and I think this is a pretty widely held belief in the child welfare community, is that these racial differences are driven primarily by having inadequate resources to deal with how overwhelming having children is. And so that could deal directly with poverty, just that you, you know, lack the resources to do the things that you'd want to be able to do for your children financially. It could also mean that you live in a neighborhood where there aren't any opportunities to send your kids out to play at the playground, that you're always sort of in the same physical space. It could mean that you're in a neighborhood where there aren't good community partners that help you deal with the stresses of being a parent. There are lots of ways in which culture affects parenting practices, but with the data that we have here, I think cultural differences in parenting explain very, very little of these differences in confirmed maltreatment rates. And the reason for that is that no parent would think most of the parenting practices that lead to having a confirmed maltreatment case are acceptable. And I think that's something that's really important to keep in mind with the racial ethnic disparities especially. Our guest on InfoTrack is Professor Christopher Wildeman from Yale University, and he recently conducted a study that found that more than 12% of American kids will experience neglect or physical, sexual, or emotional abuse by the age of 18. Professor Wildeman, is this issue becoming worse through the years, or is it pretty much a historical norm that we have this level of maltreatment and abuse? It looks like the level of maltreatment is actually declining significantly and has been for roughly the last 25 years. So the fact that the proportion of children who ever experience maltreatment is so high is really especially shocking in light of that. Professor Wildeman, what kind of changes in public policy could make a difference on this issue in terms of reducing child abuse and maltreatment? I think the big thing, and and this is something my co-authors and I have talked about a lot, the big thing that we would want to suggest is shifting from having reactive child welfare policies to having proactive child welfare policies. So what most of our child welfare policies do now is CPS gets information about possible maltreatment that children are experiencing, and then they go in and they investigate. And they either give the parents services, or they move the child into foster care, or they take other action as a result if they can confirm that maltreatment did occur. And this is good in the sense that it is actually responding to maltreatment that's happening, but it doesn't do anything to keep maltreatment from happening the first time. It just reacts when it does happen. And so one of the things that we would want to propose is these more proactive policies like a nurse home visiting program 
it's a more intensive parenting help kind of model that the nurse home visiting program gives. And so essentially what happens with that is that a certified nurse would come into the home periodically and could give advice on feeding the baby or holding the baby or sleep or how to manage stress or all these other sorts of things that unless you have, you know, very close friends or relatives or a very active pediatrician that you're not getting advice on. You're going in and you're helping parents with very small children, which is where rates of maltreatment are highest, and you're trying to help them manage the stresses associated with parenting to try to keep that first instance of maltreatment from happening rather than just responding to it when it does. Is there anything else in the study that perhaps surprised you? For me, the biggest surprise was just that about 14 times more children will experience maltreatment over the course of their life than in any given year. And so what that means is that the estimates that we have and that we've been basing our public policy on are based on this just dramatic underestimate of how serious a factor child maltreatment is in the life course of American children. And so I think that was the thing that most surprised me was just how widely our results diverged from the sort of annual estimates that we've typically used. And why was there such a dramatic difference there? We were using 18 years of data and we were thinking about maltreatment over the course of an entire childhood, whereas the official statistics just rely on one year of data. Professor Christopher Wildeman, Associate Professor of Sociology at Yale University. Professor, is there someplace online where you recommend resources for parents? Absolutely. To find this specific study, you can just go to the website for JAMA Pediatrics. But to find a host more resources, the Children's Bureau, which is a branch of the Administration for Children and Families, has a wealth of resources, both on what constitutes child maltreatment, how to identify child maltreatment, and also some of the interventions to prevent child maltreatment that have been most successful. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, they call it the gray tsunami, 80 million boomers reaching retirement age. How will it affect you? Coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 